0: Be the best rugby coach you can be. Welcome to Rugby Coach Weekly Podcast with Head Coach Dan Cottrell, where you learn hints and tips from the rugby coaching community. Let's get started.
1: Hello and welcome to the Rugby Coach Weekly Podcast. I'm Dan Cottrell, Head Coach with Rugby Coach Weekly, and I am delighted to have with us uh, for this podcast, Barry Frost. So welcome to the podcast, Barry.
0: Hi, Dan. Happy to be
1: here. Great. Well, I'm, I'm pleased that we've managed to catch up because uh, we've got some interesting ideas to develop with um, some of the things that you're doing in your work, which is with Pass analysis. But that we'll come on to in a moment. Just give us a little bit of a background and introduce yourself to our audience.
0: Sure thing. Um, yeah. So uh, I'm the director of Pass analysis. Um, come from a rugby union background, um, studied at UIC. And um, just have a love for sport, really. Um, developed a, a passion at UIC for performance analysis, um, and and watching rugby, analyzing rugby to start with, um, and a passion for analysis uh, grew and grew and grew. Um, and eventually, did some coaching, made my way up to Leeds for some post grad, uh, and fell into an internship uh, with the RFL, uh, and from there. Um my interest grew into uh, developing a company. Uh,
1: and yeah, and then that was the, the
0: birth of past analysis.
1: Okay, so you've got an uh, interesting uh, background in terms of working with UIC. And now you're studying a bit more around this and starting up this company. Uh, so it's around analysis that I want to talk about, because I think a lot of people are well aware that analysis exists. And it looks... Uh, looks fantastic and yet they are maybe a bit scared of how they can use it so let's just break this down a bit and talk around some of the details so what is meant by analysis okay so um,
0: I I feel like 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 you were just touching on there analysis can be uh, it's thrown it's thrown around a little bit it can be um, it can be a bit daunting potentially or um, can sound out of reach or only for a select tier of sport, um, but essentially uh, I find that analysis is viewing and understanding the game from a f- factual data point of view. So it gives you the, f- the facts of a game and the facts of a performance, which you don't necessarily pick up when you are watching a game live, watching a game on TV or just watching it on video. So it's Okay, so I'm going the- to
1: pick you straight up on that then. So yeah. just give me an example of something that might – uh, might immediately jump out to an analyst, which wouldn't jump out, say, to someone who isn't so aware?
0: Yeah, so um, a great example of that would be, um, we had an example with one of our national three uh, rugby union teams. Um, we started analysing their uh, players week in, week out. And after about three weeks, we identified um, that one of their key players um, played in the black back row, um, was completely unnoticed by the coach. Uh, he had his, uh, his best players, uh, who he thought his outstanding players were, but actually his most outstanding player was going unnoticed. And uh, when we identified that to the coach um, and backed it up with the figures of number of tackles, carries, turnovers, as well as um, key items that they look at, um, he, he couldn't believe it. And actually, just by watching the
1: game, um, he couldn't pick that up, but the data picked that up for him. So it's interesting the the dynamic there. You pointed it out to the coach rather than you presented something and the coach finds it out. So actually, analysis has got um, a bit of a lead role in creating some new thoughts for the coach.
0: Absolutely, and, and I think that's what um, that's what analysis does in its in in its entirety is provides coaches with the information to which they can act on or, or not act on. Um, and I think whatever level you're working at, it's, you're only dealing with the facts. Um, and the, the, the hard part for analysis is how to display the facts and what facts to show, um, uh, and how they get that across to the coach. And then if the coach wants to act on it, that's up to them, but we need to make sure that it's the information is as crystal clear as possible. Um, and they're getting it in the right way at the right time, uh, to make the decisions off the back.
1: So obviously you've been involved in this for a long time. What is now making a difference in terms of presenting those that information? Because um, a chart and some numbers may not do it. So how can you make it more pertinent and efficient for the coach?
0: Um, good question. Um, there's There's been loads of developments um, with, within my time within performance analysis. Um, I think at the moment the systems that we have available um, – in terms of what, what I mean, what we have on our site is um, we have complete upload of video, individual and team clips, uh, and reports that are accessible anywhere. Um, and I think you, you probably don't have to go back too many years where that wasn't the case. Um, and also, if you look at the software um, side of it, um, the accuracy and the speed of delivering reports now. Um, is so much quicker than sort of a manual uh, labor-intensive analysis of a game just using pen and paper. Um, it's so much more intricate, accurate, uh, and the delivery is so much more powerful um, with with the different tools that we have available uh, within PASS um, that makes it um, really impactful at the user end. So for the coaches, for the players, it really, it really can send a message um, to them and, and
1: have some impacts there. So specifically, I'm a coach, and um, I'm just receiving some information from the game. Do you have an executive summary of what goes on, or do you pick out the things you think are important, or are they asking? I'm sure it's both ways, but I'm what, what sort of piece of information is going to land at the top of the sheet? Okay. Uh, I think I've mixed a metaphor there. What's <laughs> going to be at the top of the sheet for the coach when he picks up the analysis, whether it's on a sheet or a screen or an email?
0: So... Um, the way that we try and do that is we will build each report so we we call it a post match report we 'll build each report around the team so i wouldn't i wouldn't necessarily go uh, into a club uh, who are interested and say this is what it's going to look like we 'll work with the club and we 'll design uh, a bespoke report which the information that 's shown is what they want to see what they um, would say is essential to performance and that might be team. Data that might be individual data, that might be seasonal data, um, but after a you know after a, getting to know one another and a, a few processes that we've got in place, what we'll have there will be the most important to that team that they need to see uh, to start their uh, working week or their training week into the next game uh, and win the next game.
1: So I'm interested in delving into the idea of what's essential to performance now. Uh, different teams will think differently on that. In, what you, in your experience, what are coaches looking for? So uh, I'm sort of taking it back a bit. Obviously, if you've got access to analysis, this is fantastic. But if you're, if you're thinking, if I could look for one thing, what would be that thing which, in your experience at the moment, is essential to performance? Um, so it's
0: quite a difficult question, obviously, because every coach will have a different view on what that is.
1: Yeah, um, I'm not going to let you get away with uh, it. Depends. You give me <laughs> yeah. some examples. Uh, okay. I'll give you some examples. Sorry,
0: give me some examples. I'll give you some examples. So, um, and and I don't think it can be one. Sorry, I know I'm, I've got a bit of a straight bat here, but I don't think it can, can always <laughs> okay, just be one, okay. one, one one uh, performance metric. Um, but it would be a combination of performance metrics. Yeah. Okay. Um, a really good example of this is I, I did some real data digging um, with England Rugby League as one of our clients um, mm. and looked at historically, when we won games, uh, and when we lost games, playing against Australia and New Zealand. uh, And what we did there was I managed to narrow it down to eight metrics. Now, if we won, and I called it the battle, if we won the battle of those eight metrics, so if we won at least five out of those eight metrics, we won the game. If we lost the battle, so we, we only got three or two or one of those metrics, we lost the game. And when it was four and four, the games were either a draw or within two points. So, so I think from a, that's obviously from a sort of a high-end uh, um, level, but the same would apply all the way down to grassroots rugby. Uh, and it will be simple things. Uh, if if say, Let's say, for example, we'll talk about rugby union. Um, it would be simple things as uh, possession, no errors, um, taking opportunities, um, and uh, success rate for kicking, for example, um, it would be something as simple as that. That a combination of those would lead to a winning performance the majority of the time, or it would be close. Whereas if you had none of those, you're almost guaranteed to lose the game. So that's one one example I've done with rugby league.
1: Um,
0: it would be a similar thing, I'm sure, for rugby union.
1: Now, now let's uh, if we broke that down. So there's the eight metrics and uh, or uh sort of touching on some of those eight metrics. If you said to a coach, um, okay, you lost the battle of taking opportunities, how can then the coach be able to translate that into uh, the working week in terms of what they can do differently? Because taking opportunities could be regarded as quite a broad uh, idea because there are so many other factors involved. So I'm thinking a coach is sitting there saying, right, we didn't do this but what do I do with that information?
0: Sure, okay, so, so firstly, like you said, taking opportunities might be different for every team that you're speaking to. So we would fully understand what a taking opportunity meant um, and we would, we would really hash that out with the, with the clubs and the coaches. Um, so we had a real firm idea of if we were watching the game together, an opportunity was taken, we'd both point at that and go, yes, we took it. Um, the, the next process from that would be pulling out all the footage, Um, and looking at the the opportunities taken and the opportunities missed uh, and then breaking down why that happened. Say, for example, we had 10 opportunities and we only took four of them. Um, We would then look at the six and go, right, well, let's have a look at the six. And we would do that from an analytical perspective um, and looking at the reasons why it failed down. Now, this might come down to um, individual error, positional error it might come down to just fantastic defense from the opposition Um, but most of the time you're able to come to a conclusion of why the uh, opportunity was not taken which can then be fed back to the coach what you can then do over time over two three ten fifteen games is find the patterns within those Uh, and it might come down to a a single player is struggling with a, a, a left to right pass there's there's your golden ticket to go right end of every session, we need to take Joe blogs, and we're going to spend 15 minutes, then suddenly your success rate of opportunities taken goes from four or five out of 10 to seven or eight out of 10. And that's just one one aspect of it.
1: So to me, what what you're doing is you're uh, opening a door. And then but that that doesn't mean that the coach actually knows what to do until you are breaking that down into perhaps um, a poor pass, a poor position, a player maybe not fit enough, all those sorts of aspects, you are now saying, right, this is what you need to focus on to recreate that situation and be more successful. For sure. And
0: I I, I mean, the majority of the time, the the coaches are equipped enough to be able to do that themselves. And they're able to watch through these four, five, six clips uh, and understand, right, well, actually this is this is the reason why this has happened and we're going to integrate that into our training tuesday and thursday or if you're if you're in every day of the week um the majority of coaches to a to a degree have that um but we are there uh to answer certain questions or even just have a uh, a look from a um non-affiliated standpoint so we can look at the footage and go do you know what just letting you know have have you thought about this we've been seeing this trend over the last couple of weeks or we noticed all the missed missed opportunities from last week's game are coming from actually this um and we can feed that back and it and and then again it like i said earlier it's it's up to the coach then of what they want to do with that they can take that information put it into a training week they can simply watch watch an individual in a training session to see if it aligns um there's there's multiple angles that come out of it, but it's it's we find it's really important to give that information across.
1: How often are you finding that the coach is thinking A and you're actually presenting them B and they're saying, I never saw that before? Because that's often, I think, the thing which comes out of analysis in my experience is that you always thought that A was happening and then when analysis comes along, B is happening and you have to change your mind. Sure. Um, I would say...
0: Probably around fifty percent of the time, um, not and, and it's not not in a in a um, a bad way or, or or something bad that's on the coaches. There, the coaches have a bit, billion things to deal with all the time, uh, and that's why analysis or an analysts um, is I think crucial to any team that wants to develop uh, because it does take out the noise. They have a specific job to do. We have a you know, a really clear job when we work with a team uh, and we know that coaches are doing a million other things. So if we can tip them up with something that we've noticed or a piece of information that they might have just skimmed over, that make all the difference for the next game. Uh, and that's, that's the sole reason why we do it is to get those performances in and get those
1: wins. Can you give me some examples then of the coach thinking A and you, you saying, well, actually it's B?
0: Okay, so yeah, so a good example of that would be um, we've got a rugby Union team where they thought it was a massive priority to focus on um, a, from a tackle to a, a player getting back to their feet in the defensive line to be under a certain time limit. Um, so this is something we integrated into uh, the analysis. Uh, we performed it every week for every player for every tackle. Um they put a massive focus on it. They'd obviously been uh, practicing in training. Um, and when it came back to looking at the data, they were almost at about 85 to 90% hitting their target. Um, and actually, what we were able to do is go back to them and go, this is something you've been working on. You are now hitting your target really, really well. Um, you d- probably don't need to spend an hour and a half, twice a week on this now. And that allowed them to free up a little bit of time uh, to yeah, then focus. Like this. To, yeah, to that's fo- a good
1: idea, isn't it? Yeah, okay. yeah
0: to, free, to free up a little bit of time to focus on then other areas of their game, which we could then highlight and say, okay, um, for example, missed tackles, like we spoke earlier. Uh, sorry, uh, missed opportunities, like we spoke earlier. Um, that might be something to work on or attacking on the fringes or the pick and go, wh- whatever it might be that we've been able to see is not as high as that, uh tackle to feet time they've got more time to focus on now what actually happened there was that team went directly away from any training of that and within about four or five weeks i think it was it went straight down to about 30% Jeez. so then our feedback needed to be all right guys you've obviously come away you've transitioned into a new segment of either attack or defence or you've you've changed your training slightly we probably need to pick a little bit of this back up because this drops, drops significantly. Um, and once they did and found a routine of when they practiced it, it then maintained a solid sort of 80 75% for the rest of the season. Um, and that's, that's sort of like the, the clear dialogue that we kind of keep with them um, and shows that it's really working.
1: Now, this is particularly interesting to me because uh, one of the most difficult things in rugby and coaching is to understand whether learning is taking place. And uh, how permanent that is, and whether it's stuck, how sticky is your coaching is what you could could think about and that sort of information there suggests well and other research shows it that uh you may learn a skill, you may be able to perform it um after a few weeks, but if you don't keep coming back to it 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 dis- not disappears but becomes less effective so this is great feedback for for the coaches um. Sure. in in terms of learning. So I'm just going to go back to something about one of the problems which um, coaches sometimes find with analysis uh, is that the players find it quite scary to be analysed in such detail. Uh, Certainly my experience of when you show footage back to players, they immediately jump into the defensive. Uh, even, Even players who are trying their hardest not to be defensive about, oh, I did this because of this. What sort of information do you give to the coaches or support to give the coaches so they can actually have positive conversations with their players yet still have to bring them up on things where they they may need to improve? Sure um so from the very off when we're working with a team we
0: we like to go in and meet the the team as a whole so we'll hold a meeting normally um at the start of pre-season or midway through a pre-season before the season's actually started um and what we'll do is we'll we'll show to them what we're looking at and why we're doing it and i think having the third party come in sort of with the backing of the coach but explaining to the players and sort of saying this this is this isn't an attack this is us factually pulling out information from the game of what you're doing to make sure that at the end of the season you're in the your position in the table is where you want to be um, and i think that Takes a bit of the heat off or out or out of that situation. Um, in terms of a sort of helping the coaches, we that's also established right at the start of the season. Um, as I said, this this um, this building a relationship with the coaches and the team is, is a hugely important part of the process of building the analysis package. Um, but within that, we are able to feedback then what obviously they find important um, and we're always there to help and assist in in what the best way is probably to do that so we've we have our coaches call up before uh, and sort of speak to us and go look I've got this player um, he's not performing what's the best way to do that and we'll advise on that we've got huge experience in how to handle um, individual performances in terms of feedback and team performances as well um, and we we we're there on hand to simply guide the coaches through Uh, and once they've done that a couple of times um that they they find their way and find what works but i think us going in there straight away to start with and, and taking the heat out of the situation and saying this isn't an attack on you this is to help you and we're here to help you and we also open our our um we're also contactable by the players as well. So if they want clips or they want certain things, as long as the coach signs off on it, we're happy to help them as well. So we, we take the heat off straight
1: away. I mean, rugby is a very positional-based game. So you must uh, be looking at things from different angles. How how can um, how easy is it to sort of separate uh, a prop life from a centre life in terms of performance? Um Again, because
0: of the software we use um, and the way that we analyze the game, it's done completely on an individual basis. Um, Most teams that we work with, the majority of metrics we look at are applicable to nearly every player. Um, Certain metrics will be applicable only to certain positions. So for example, um, we may look at pass quality from your scrum halves and your fly halves only probably because, well, mostly because they're, they're doing five, eight times more passes in a game than any other player. Um, but actually it's those seven or eight passes they do in the game where they've dropped the ball to the back hip or it's over the inside shoulder, as opposed to being out in front, that needs to be clipped for them to have a look at why that's happened. Were they under pressure? Were they, uh, off balance? Um, and they can work on that. But that so, I so, can,
1: can you just go back? And I was fascinated by those uh, three terms you've just said, um, uh, hip, um, something something else and something else. Shoulder, uh, out front. front. Yeah. So w- just uh, tell me about that, because that's a little bit of an insight into passing as well.
0: Sure. So um, we'd agree that a, p- a perfect past, say from Ben Young's to Owen Farrell, would be a past that's out in front. So Owen Farrell's arms are extended. The ball hits his hands as he's running and he's easily able to catch it, move across his body and pass. If, uh, if the pass was to come above his right inside shoulder or his left inside shoulder, depending on which way it is, but his shoulder closest to the ball, almost hitting his head or on his back hip, that's taking time away from the player carrying the ball. That's putting the, the, the ball receiver under pressure. Um, now, obviously, the lower down the tiers you go, you're probably going to see it, um, a few more of those bad passes. Um, but it's also being able to understand why those passes are happening. And like I said, are you off balance? Are you getting pressure from the opposition? Um, was the scrum going backwards and you should have left it? Or was there another option? Um, so, so what we be, being able to analyse that for those positions is really important to give that feedback. Now, I would say that that would be not so important for your props and your hookers who have a completely different job role of uh, making meters in a a, a carry um, and presenting the ball well and speed over the ball, that type of thing. They're not, as we we all probably agree, that they're not renowned for their um, elaborate passing and number of passes in a game. So yeah, I hope Carl Sinkler's not listening in. <laughs> so, well, he might be one that would need it. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, that, that's probably just one example of where you would, you would tailor analysis specifically for positions as a, and, and not for other positions and that can work across the board. But again, it's done on the team. Um, and, you know, if you've got a team that, um, you know, Actually, do they just focus on speed of ball as opposed to accuracy? They might not need that information. They might need some other information uh, regarding the ruck, the ruck speed, numbers in the ruck, that type of thing. So, again, we we always guide the coaches we work with and make suggestions. But essentially, what they what they deem as important will also do.
1: Now, I'm, I just want to delve a little bit more into the difference between technical detail and decision-making detail. So we're, we're talking about technical detail here. So let us say that um, your metric is your scrum half pass, your fly half pass, they've, they've hit the target 70% time or 50% of the time. So there, there's a factor in there. So are you giving the further information that the 9 to 10 pass is um, that detail of it's not in front or that sort of thing? Are you delving into that or is that over to the coach to come up with that detail Uh,
0: again it's it's dependent on the package so if we if we're talking about the elite clubs that we work with yes and we're we're pointing out really minuscule minute details all the time um and showing the coaches this is what this player's done this is what this player's done you know in the defensive line at 62 minutes this player slightly turned out, which is why he got beaten on the inside shoulder.
1: His just hips... uh, just uh, for people who are not quite certain of what means, "turns out, okay. out means.
0: So if we're looking at our outside centre uh, and the line goes up and then across slightly, so you're almost um, drifting with the defence. Mm. Uh, the player coming at the 13 drifts outwards, so the 13's hips then almost point towards the touchline, but because he, he, he's done it too far, which means that the, the opposition player coming back on his inside shoulder, it's a weak shoulder. Yeah, more um, difficult
1: to make the tackle because he's turned too far exactly. to the touchline. right? So, okay.
0: so that would be a real intricate uh, clip that we, we would cut uh, and sort of show the coaches and go, look, he's done this. If he does this again next week, it's going to be another try type thing.
1: Mm. Um, so that's a real piece of intricate detail that we look at. Right. Now, so just we delved into the detail of the technical. Um, how easy is it or is it appropriate for analysts to help with some maybe the decision making? So, uh, so, and I'm gonna, there's gonna be a couple of questions around this, but just in general terms, let's talk about decision making and a couple of detailed questions around that. Okay, um,
0: I, like you said, I think it does fall a lot down on the coaches, um, and I, I, I know we're, we're saying this a lot because we we build. Um, the packages around the coaches um, but it's it's understanding when a player has made an action around a decision making area and then allowing probably la- allowing the coaches within the team to decide whether that was the right decision or the wrong decision um, obviously if we get some clarity more clarity around that then we we can analyze that more specifically but um you know a simple decision making process of um, a fly half received the ball um, inside or by his, by his own try line um, normally should have kicked the ball, but looked to pass and it was an error. Or well, was that the right decision? What we would try and do is clip that uh, and then pose the question to the coaches. Um, now, as you get down the line, you un- start to understand the coaches, you start to understand the teams uh, and then you, you, you can make those decisions almost automatically because you know what type of thing they're looking for. Um, and then at the end of the season or season two and three, it, it becomes more refined um, and you can then add data to that. Um, but from the initial stages, it would be, okay, well, this this situation has occurred. The space was there. He just didn't execute. What are your thoughts on that? And we would we would spend the process in the first sort of four to 12 weeks or four to 12 games of really understanding where the team sits around that, uh, for us to be able to, again, take that on us uh, and present that.
1: So, I, I mean, that obviously is quite a sophisticated part of your relationship with the coach and the players, and it, it doesn't come down, obviously, to hard facts. That's that's far more difficult to see. So what I'm interested to know is that some players will be in, inverted commas, more decision-making roles than others So, uh, and they've also got a lot of technical data to look at. So, uh, for instance, the hooker is technically might be looking at how he throws, who he's thrown to, uh, the jumpers uh, on where they've called the line out and that sort of thing. Uh, But other players are doing some very basic things like uh, executing good lift. So, is analysis going to be a lot more for, say, the hooker and the fly half uh, than the the tight head who has got you know a very vital role but doesn't have to make so called big game decision making or uh, well, is faced with those big game decision making situations um,
0: I would say no I would say with and with the quality of video that we receive um, regardless of you know what tier the, tier the sport is in um, it's all about what's what's important what are the good parts and what are the the necessary parts to improve on now if you've got uh, a team whose line out isn't working properly then it would be up to us to analyze the line out take all the line outs from the last 10 games have a look at them are they yes like you said is the hooker hitting the second or third jumper with a good throw an accurate throw but then also what is the um how is the jumper jumping? Is he straight as he got bent legs? Is he leaning forward? Are his arms fully extended? Are the jumpers doing a full squat? Are they, you know, gripping correctly on the player to lift him? Are they fully extended? Are, is the jumper as high as he can be? So, once you've done that breakdown, you can then feed that back, and then from that, we and and, and again, I, I know I keep touching on it, but it's all about this relationship with the coaches, and, and we are we we emphasize this as one of the biggest aspects is that. We build this relationship with the coaches. We, we feed this information back to them. And then what we can do out of that is start to analyze certain aspects of that um, non-functioning area or that area that's not quite right and is causing problems, causing errors. Um, and we can start to break that down and, and feed that information back. And uh, you know, and as, as soon as we, we, five games into a season, if there, there was errors with the line out, five, five games post that, we're probably going to know what the errors are. Um, and we have a few techniques around um, looking at the video uh, and how we clip it and how we identify these ar- areas of development that are definitely going to be needed. Um, and then it's a simple case of putting it back to the coaches in the right way and they can go, right, got it. That's the error. Uh, we need to work on that. And then more often than not, that's implemented into training. Uh, and then they that error is either gone or significantly reduced within a
1: matter of weeks. And that's that's what we try and do. In a sense, a lot of it comes down to a uh, a certain amount of flow and momentum. So you can, if you clip together or analysed one game, uh, you may see the kernels of some patterns, but they cannot be necessarily understood until you've seen three, four, five games. And you can say, well, look, this is is something which is happening a lot, as opposed, well, this happened once, and it probably may never happen again now we've seen it. So that sort of goes back to that idea you say that... um, we only remember 30% of the game and therefore we may pick up on things which we think are significant, which actually are insignificant in in the whole. Sure. Uh, And so it's important that analysis happens constantly. It's a flow. It's a flow of information which builds up um, a a bank of information for the coach to then work upon and then choose what they think is most important to the team. Uh,
0: Absolutely. And like, we we could analyse a game, say for example um, the uh, Argentina Australia game that um, played this morning. We we could analyse that game and we could pull out some significant pieces of data um, that would influence the training week for sure. But what would be more um, impactful is, for example, uh, let's choose um, uh, an extra Chiefs, for example. They they may they obviously play week in week out. Uh, for a whole season, having access to that much data over a period of time paints a far clearer picture than um, any, anything anything you can do out of one game, and that's why um, that's why we really do try our best if we get a team on to sort of say we will will obviously help you from the start and we we um, we will make impacts and inroads. Um, but we also open the door for um, manipulation of everything we do. So any changes that the coach is thinking, do you know what? That's not working or, you know, I've got that stat and it's really high and it's actually a bit pointless. Can we change it? We have that door open all the time because all this information, as it builds, the picture completely changes um, from, for example, we'll give a mid-week, mid-season report, and end-of-season report. They might look completely different. Um And then, if you times that over three or four seasons, what you started with over the first four games is not going to be a a representation of what happened over those four seasons. Um, And I think that's 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 important for coaches to understand that. Yes, you will get some answers straight away. Uh, You will get some impactful things straight from the off, but also some things will take time. And the more data you get, as with anything, with research, with
1: anything. the more accurate and the more beneficial it's going to be so there's a danger that coaches can take a snapshot and not put it into the context of everything else which is going around, around there, the game and their training there is
0: um, but again we'd, we'd try and guide that um, and try and guide that coach and inform them that that might be what's happening um, say for example we, we analyzed a game and there was two interception tries made against them um, that that probably isn't an accurate representation of how that team plays, uh, you know, and without those two two tries, um, they might have won the game. Now, we might quickly look at that and go, well, yeah, technically, um, this player's just really poor off his passing, left-hand passing, or, you know, he might have got a knock on his shoulder early in the game and he's actually injured. He's playing injured or, you know, he's just having a really bad week because it happens. Um so it's just some some things we would show the coach and say, look, this is some important information here. But some things we would go well, you know. Maybe let's hold off. You know, if you're getting two interceptions a game for the next ten games, then there's an issue. Um, but there are certain things where we'd say, you no, know, that you know, this probably isn't going to be uh, a constant issue for you.
1: One of the things I often to see on television, uh, and I just wonder what the value is, is the sort of TV stats which come up and. Uh, in terms of tackles missed and um, maybe rucks won and that sort of thing, and I wonder how how important those sorts of stats are because I would have thought if you're running a certain type of defence, uh, you might guess that you're going to miss a few tackles because you're putting them under extra pressure. Are there sort of any stats which you sort of will watch come up on uh, the game uh, when you're watching on television and you think? Uh, really, do they need to put that up? I mean, in a sense, they're trying to create some uh, information, simple information for the, the non-expert viewer. But is there anything there which pops up you think, what's the point? Or uh, am I being too cynical?
0: Um, my view on those stats that they put up, you know, on TV at halftime or at the end of the game, um, it's a really good snapshot. It's a really good snapshot of the game. It l- shows some form of intensity. Um, and and your numbers would normally lead to the 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 team that is winning and team that's losing. For example, a team that's made more tackles will probably have less possession uh, and that type of thing. But again, it's quite limited um, and very generic, probably for the users. Now, some of those um, some of those metrics that are used on the you know on TV at halftime or 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 at the end of the game. Some of those will be used by the coaches for sure, to get a picture um, of how their game's evolving, and they'll do that live. but there'll certainly be some specific things within the game that only they can see that their analyst is doing that that has real direct impact for that coach. So when he goes down at half time, he's got um, some clear uh, information that he's going to tell his players based on the terminology they use and how they train. Um, So there is a bit of a difference between what's just shown there and actually what's significant probably for coaches during a game or after a game.
1: Now, I'm thinking that uh, some coaches may have the lucky chance to get some analysis uh, like we're talking about and be able to use it effectively. But let us say um, you're, you're looking after the Otley under 13s for want of a better team and you are watching the game what would you suggest to the coach with your analyst's eye just look out for this because that if it's if you're going to have one thing which you're going to look out for this would make a big effect on your uh chance at half time. to say look guys this is something you probably need to work on i mean it's probably it's a very broad question but you will know there are some things which make more more difference than others
0: (laughs) sure no i think um I think if we might be able to change the under 13 to an under 18, just because I feel like under right, 13, okay. I was, fair, they should fair just, they fair should just play, play and play and play and should just have fun, I think. <laughs> well, in fact,
1: in fact what, what a brilliant answer that is, because I think that some coaches will be listening in and thinking, oh, I didn't need to, but actually, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm glad, glad you said that. I mean, yes, okay, we can, we can analyse it. But yeah, so we, yeah, we're taking it up a level. We're at under 18s. I'm glad you said that. We're glad you brought me back into life. Okay, Barry. What are we looking for? Sure. Um,
0: so, I've I've often been at games, um, stood near the coaches um, while I've got you know my analysts there filming or, or or you know doing doing their roles within the analysis part. But um, it's 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 very difficult for um, I find for coaches who are emotionally involved anyway, and that will be to a point. And I do think that's a really good thing. Um, to almost take an objective view of the game. Um, and, and I feel, and only through experience, that um, myself and the past analysts um, are able to view that and have that view of a game. Um, and I've, I've had it before where, you know, I'll quickly whisper to a coach or just say to a coach, you know, look, look at the wind, look at um, how we're playing, look at the full, their opposition fullback and their, their wingers. There's no transition. There's no uh, pendulum effect. The wind's going to that back corner. Just have a look. Maybe put that ball into the back corner, um, and and that that would just be it. that would just be something that if a coach was watching a game on TV, he would have hundred percent picked that up. But on the day, talking to players, um, thinking about substitutions, thinking about tactics, thinking about his halftime talk, certain things may go missing. Um, uh, and another example would that be would be a um, sort of. Whether it be an international fixture, it would be a similar thing as in, I've just noticed this. And then again, they might just go, no, don't need that. Carry on type thing. Or they may go, yeah, haven't thought about that. Write some notes, and that might have some sort of impact. And it's and it's the job for any analyst, whether they're doing some manual notational analysis, just watching their, you know, their Son's team, or whatever, or um, at the very elite level for England football, um, it's their job to be impartial and state the facts, and that's what we need to do.
1: And that's very difficult because we do get very emotionally tied up with with the game, and that's why sport is so fantastic because of the emotions involved in it. For so sure. that must be quite difficult to uh, take a breath and say. Uh, and not get some of that information into bias. Look, I think that the coach should be doing this, so I'm just going to code it and I'll just concentrate a bit more on that than that. Is that is that a danger or am I seeing something no. that's not there?
0: No, no, it, it, it is a danger. And I, um, I, I think it's something that's definitely learned through experience. Uh, I've been fortunate enough to work um, with a number of fantastic coaches, but also very, very different coaches. Um, for the last few years Uh, and as an analyst your sole role now this this is whether you're a full-time analyst at a professional club or you like us are past analysis providing analysis services to multiple teams our role is to provide the coach with information in the best way possible Uh, we aren't the decision makers analysts should not be the decision makers the people who inform the decisions for the players uh, and make those decisions for the players We are simply there to inform the coaches. And that's why we place such a focus on building such a strong rapport with the coaches. um, Because we essentially are there to make their team better. We are a a side arm, as you were, to a coach. We We are there to aid the coaches as best we possibly can to make sure that what their team is doing is what they want it to be. Uh, And I think it's really important that um, to remember that and the best analysts in the world, uh, in the world, sorry, um, are are exactly that. They are an extension of the coach and are there to aid the coaches.
1: So that sort of uh, brings me almost to my final question, which uh, you may or may not have an answer for. Uh, If you had to look at the world of analysts at the moment, who do you think um, obviously, apart from your own crew, who do you think these are the people that I really look up to? Um, <laughs> it's, a, it's a really good question. Uh,
0: the, the analysis world is is a is a strange and wonderful world where um, you probably don't get to cross paths with too many people. <laughs> um, so, I wouldn't say I wouldn't say there's many that I would look up to just because I don't know personally that many um but what what there is is a respect for um analysts who are working in certain fields and work with certain coaches um that you really want to understand and ask questions and get to know um and it's always a thing that we try and do is touch base with different clubs um whether it be um you know Bristol Bears or whether it be Bath Rugby or whether it be in Rugby League or in football or in netball or in basketball, we, as an as an analyst, and I'm speaking for myself here, I want to pick the brains of all of these people uh, and I want to see um, what they're looking at, how they're doing it. Is there a smoother, more streamlined way of what we're doing? Um, everybody's doing, all these analysts around the world are doing different things but we're all doing the same thing, just different ways. Um, And there's different softwares, there's different um, presentation tools, everything. Um, And I think it's just important from myself as an analyst, any analyst that I speak to is, um, is to, to be humble enough to sort of go, okay, well, how are you doing yours? Because this is how we're doing ours. Uh, I'm really interested in how you do your, you know, your basketball team. What sort of things do you look at? And, there might just be a, a small golden nugget in there, which you might be able to take away and maybe implement down the line, which might have a massive impact. And I think as long as that door's always open um, and we always try and make sure that door's open with us, um,
1: then you, you can't be doing much wrong. Great. I, I mean, that sounds a very positive way to, to look at things. Well, when it sounds, it is a really positive way. So that's fantastic. Brian, that's been brilliant. I've got lots of insight. and Obviously, you've talked a lot about uh, the job that you do. Just uh, for people who are interested in taking it a bit further, where would they go to find out more information?
0: Sure. So, um, just for some more information, you can go to uh, Pass Analysis website, um at PassAnalysis.co.uk, or, or email me at Barry at PassAnalysis.co.uk, um, and we'd more than love to have a chat with you, uh, and we'll work with you. And um, you know, if analysis is something that you're after. Um, we can get that ball rolling and we're more than happy to help. And even if it's just to have a discussion, um, uh, we're, we're here to sort of help in any way we can.
1: Great. That's fantastic. And um, I think also the, for me, lots of sort of insights over and above the analysis job that you do in terms of how we look at games and sort of the detail. And I mean, analysis breaking down into its component parts, that's what analysis really means. And I think it, the word gets bandied around a lot and uh people are not quite sure what it really what it really entails and i i know from working with and listening to an a- analysts that there is an enormous amount of detail but I, I think uh one of the things is that there's a real passion for not just getting the figures but also making them work for the coaches that are on the other end of the figures absolutely
0: i mean our, our aim as a company um is to develop as many teams as possible to the position where they want to be. Now, that can be, um, you know, eighth, ninth tier football team, or that can be, you know, a a senior international team. But the the aim is the same. uh, And we use a version of, uh, you know, elite processes, a combination of them to help that team do that. Uh, and the, and the, we have the same, uh, ethos with, um, some of the analysts we use, we've got a couple of full-time analysts, but, um, outside of that, we try and bring in and develop analysts within coaches. And if we can give them more experience, we, we do that as well. So it's the same for the analysts as well as the teams is a, is a simple aim of, we want to just help you get better. We want to improve performance. We want to work with you, uh, and we re- help you reach your goals. And that's, that's pretty much it, uh, in in, in a nutshell.
1: Yeah, brilliant. Well, Barry, thank you very much for your time and uh, your insights. Um, the The links uh, to your website and email will be in the blurb, so please connect uh, with Barry if you want to find out a bit more. Um, and if you want to hear more from Rugby Coach Weekly podcast, just click on the podcast button on the rugbycoachweekly.net website. Thank you, everyone, for listening, and I look forward to catching up with you all very soon. Bye-bye.
0: Thanks for listening to Rugby Coach Weekly Podcast. If you want to hear more podcasts, head over to rugbycoachweekly.net and click on the Blogs tab to catch up on any episodes you missed. We look forward to speaking to you again soon with more insights from coaches and experts from the world of
1: rugby, sport, and learning.